What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. The Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom right here on the Podmania Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I'm joined as ever by Matt Turner. Matt, how are you, my friend? I am fantastic. The snow is starting to melt over here in Pennsylvania, so uh, that can only mean one thing. That means in about 10 days' time, we're going to get a foot of snow. That's how it usually <laughs> works in Pennsylvania. This is what we call fake fake spring number one that this is where we're at here in uh, in good old northeastern pennsylvania but no no complaints as always as always positive thoughts and vibes how's everything on your end over there in england yeah not bad um we had as i was telling you we had a pretty big storm which knocked out my internet so we were supposed to record this yesterday it's uh, friday the 11th today um and we were supposed to record this yesterday with the internet uh, it made the news our little storm um you can tell we, it's not been it's not been a great time for news but um yeah it made the news it knocked out the internet for the entire area didn't come back on for ages and then the internet was shocking when it eventually did come back on so uh yeah here we are today we're talking about stardom though so it's all good man i'm uh i'm looking forward to these two shows that we're going to talk about actually what about you 
Absolutely, absolutely. I thought they were both solid shows. Before we get into that, uh, I have been going through the back catalog of Stardom. And I went to the year of 2018, and I watched back-to-back the two Io Shirai versus Momo Watanabe white belt matches, uh, which are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I hope we cover them. Please vote for Momo uh, white belt. <laughs> uh, if I can plug there. So uh, I've been on a big Io Shirai kick, and obviously we went through her red belt defense, the V14, which was absolutely stunning and fantastic. And thank you for everyone that has subscribed to Patreon. And uh, if you're on the fence about subscribing to Patreon, there is a, a fantastic Io Shirai episode that me and Rob recorded about a month ago. But anywho... So then I started to go and watch some of the Thunder Rock stuff. And I think I even sent you a text message of a match I watched where it was Io and Mayu, who was Thunder Rock, versus Kari Sane, uh, Hojo, and uh, Mako Satomoro. And it was hands down the best stardom tag match I've ever seen. Now, again, I still have a lot to st- I've watched a lot of stuff, but I still have a lot to see. So if, if anybody can recommend me a match that is as good as that one or uh, even better, please let me know. But um, so I was going through that and then I was watching some of her high speed belt stuff. And there's a match she has on the fourth anniversary show with uh, the person who will eventually become Goken Death and Fukin Death. Um, I don't know. You, you probably know her name. I can't pronounce it. Um, Kaori Yamiyama. Uh, there it is. There it is. I, I pitched you a softball, sir, and you hit that out of the park. <laughs> uh, and that match absolutely blew my mind. I was like, wow. Like, this is how, I don't know if this is how good she was before the whole gimmick thing, but obviously she's in the match with EO. Uh, fast forward about a month or so later, and she's defending the high speed belt against who is our uh, 2022 January MVP of stardom, uh, Koguma. And is hands down the best match I've ever seen Koguma have. And she's been having some bangers. But this is just, man, might be the best high-speed title match I've ever seen. So again, again, I'm kind of just jumping all around with the Io Shirai stuff. So then I'm watching some matches from uh, Five Star Grand Prix. And uh, there's a like a really hidden gem with her and Mayu from the Five Star. I think it was 2015. And obviously it doesn't get talked about because it's only like, it's only a four and a quarter to four and a half star match <laughs> as to like as to their like damn near fi- how many five star matches that they've had over the over the red belt. So I'm thinking, geez, like there's all this great stuff. And then there's a match that she has with a very young Hazuki from I believe it's the 2016 five star Grand Prix. And it probably holds up as one of Hazuki's best matches ever. And this is one when she's very, very, I mean, very young. You're, you're looking like almost six years ago. So then you're going through the end of the Thunder Rock stuff where she turns on uh, Mayu and she joins Queen's Quest. Now, in this time when all this happens and she's having all these great matches with Mayu, she's still the Red Belt champion. So this is in the period where she's having all these great title defenses. And she, as as um, pretty much everybody knows, when she starts Queen Qu- Queen's Quest, she recruits a very young Momo Watanabe and a very young Hazuki underneath her wing. And you can tell that she's guiding their, their careers. And from where they're at now, as we record in February 2022, this Momo and Hazuki, I think they're going to be all right. I think they're going to do okay. Uh, so you can tell that just Io, not only what she, what she does in the ring for herself, she gets herself over. She gets other people in the match over. By that, I mean her opponent, her tag partner. Uh, if there's a, a six-person uh, an eight person, a tag, everybody in the match gets over. And obviously you can tell from just watching her, you know, wrestle just even just once she has that it factor. And the basically watching all these matches and you add in what she's done on WWNXT, I have a very strong opinion. And I come to conclusion that is she's not just one of the best, but in my opinion, probably 
will go down when her career is over as the greatest female wrestler of all time. Now, I got to ask you, Rob, do you think I'm a little bit nuts by having this this theory? Everything that I just watch from her just blows me away. Just how, And again, I've seen so much of her stuff. And we're like, oh, nothing will ever be as good as those 16 matches she had with the Red Belt. And it's, you know, from the second defense. But then it's like you're going watching the White Belt stuff, the tag stuff. And just like, holy jeepers. I was like, I, I kind of want to just kind of throw this on discussion on the podcast to you since you are the stardom expert. And, uh, you know, to the listeners as well, because I would love their feedback on this. I mean, you are opening a huge can of worms with the Josie fandom. I tell you, Matt, with that with that statement, you could have you could have quite literally ignited a fire here. Um, oh, that's a good thing. Hey, let's oh, open absolutely. up absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I will admittedly so I have not seen a lot, especially in recent years of the All Japan Women stuff in the nineties. Mm. So, when like the people that I talk to, you know, they'll tell you, you know, Toyota, um, uh, Hokuto, Nakano, Aja Kong. You know, stuff like that. And I know that, like, after I just made this, this statement and I wanted to make this statement, I know in the next month or so I'm going to have to go back and watch it just to see if what I said just holds up. But you cannot deny just how fantastic of a wrestler Io Shirai is. I mean, she might be the best women's wrestler in probably the last 15 or 20 years. She's a sensational wrestler, and it, it makes it... I mean, I know she's held the NXT Women's Championship, but it does sort of make you realize just how underused she's been in that promotion. She's making a case for one of the greatest women's wrestler of the modern age, definitely. But, you know, you can't discount people like Aja Kong. Like you mentioned, the All Japan women, Aja Kong, um, Manami Toyota, um, Akira Hokuto, all these people that, you know, Bull Nakano, all absolutely outstanding female wrestlers um, and, you know, have put on some incredible matches um different matches to the ones that eo has put on i think a lot of it goes down to taste you know what you enjoy watching um It's it's an opinion you know everybody has their opinion i had uh you know we're just coming off a week or so ago from this absolute classic mjf cm punk match and one mm. of my best friends called called me the next day obviously i'm big on mjf as a heel obviously you know i have a rich history with cm punk he called me the next day and he's like hey man i just want to let you know i uh, did not enjoy that cm punk mjf match he was and i know i'm in the minority and my thing was hey man that's your opinion you can like what you like i mean a lot of it as well especially with the 90s all japan women and pure j and things like that not pure j um, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. JWP. Um, it's it's a case of if you were alive and watching wrestling at that time and living it, you might feel differently to say me and you going back and watching it. You know, twenty, thirty years in the future. So she's an outstanding wrestler, Io Shirai, and I think that's something that no one can deny. And in terms of stardom. She's the greatest ever. I mean, as far as I'm aware, it's not even close. I mean, it's Io and then Mayu and then yeah. Kyrie. I think is probably yeah. the way it goes at the moment. But when you consider what Io has done, she's definitely number one. And then you look of the people who've gone over from Japan to America, um, especially recently, Io's done the most. Um, you know, you can argue uh, Ask well, Asuka, Asuka yeah, Asuka, um, yeah kinda. but I don't know. It's a tough question that I'd love, I'd love to see. Uh, yeah, what people I, I, I want to hear. Yeah, by all, and by and, and, and by all means, people, please be respectful. 
don't be like, you're terrible, you're this or that. This is just, again, I, it's kind of funny now that I'm thinking about it. I think one of the last times I really watched an alternate, this is, might even blow your mind, one of the last times I watched uh, a Miami Toyota match was uh, when we were doing tape study for Ring of Honor. So I was sitting there with some of the Ring of Honor students watching a Toyota match with CM Punk. So that's there's a statement that uh, you probably didn't think you'd hear when you woke up today. I love the fact that you just subtly <laughs> dropped that in. Just that little name drop. Lovely. <laughs> the one the one day, and not to be all over the place here, and I'm sure we'll get back on track, but it was about a week or so ago, you text me and you start asking me all these questions. And I'm like, no, by all means. And I'm literally there sitting there, and I, you know, as always, I'm, I'm on the couch sitting next to Amber, my wife, and I was like, and I, I bought my wife about 12, 13 years, so it was you know pretty much after everything I did with Ring of Honor. And it's just like... Yeah, I, I broke in with Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I'd beaten up James Ellsworth so many times in Maryland and Delaware. And it's just like, yeah, I first started with Bobby Fitt. And it's just like, oh, man, I didn't even realize I did. And then you text me and you're just like, wow, these guys I see on TV, I don't even realize it. Like, it was just like, hey, man, we're all just kids just trying to break into the business, just, you know, busting our asses. And all those guys, God bless them, made a lot further than I did. You know, I still talk to James Ellsworth quite a bit. And he's doing fantastic. And God bless him. But it's just like. Oh man, I guess I kind of did okay and was around some some okay people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just dro- dropping names. Why? Why not? If you can, why not? Pick um, it up. So let's let's sort of bring it round towards starting. We've got those two shows to talk about from the first and from the sixth of February as we continue on the New Year Stars Tour. So we're going to be talking about those, talking about, from what I can see, the discourse on the internet. Quite a divisive uh, high-speed title match is the headliner of that 1st of February show at Corican. So we'll definitely be talking in detail about that. We've got some news and little bits of you know tidbits to talk about before and after. And then we've got some cards to preview as well as from the last time we recorded... Uh, they've announced the full card for Stardom Cinderella Journey. And we've got the top two matches of the next Corican show, which I believe is the 21st of February. So two days before that Cinderella Journey show. Um, before we kick into any Stardom news, um, I just wanted to talk about um, the Hanakamura Memorial Show. Now, this obviously took place last year, um, the matinee show, which was... An incredible show uh, for an absolute multitude of reasons. It was a beautiful celebration of Hannah's memory. Um, of course, we saw Kagetsu in a ring again. We saw Hazuki in a room again as a as in the ring. Sorry again as a big surprise before she then made her return to stardom. It has been announced that there will be a second one this year, and it's going to be called Hannah Bagus or Hannah Bagus or. Again, I've probably butchered that pronunciation, but even so. Um, we've also got uh, Sayori Anu, who has been announced for that show. They also seem to announce that in this 10-minute press conference, I think you can check out on YouTube, um, they've announced Kaori Yonayama, Jungle Kiona will be there, um, Kagetsu will be there again, Asuka, uh, Ram Keicho, um, and then there's going to be sort of, Promotions um, taking place like Pure J, Sendai Girls, 666, and Wave, um, they're all going to be involved. As of yet, there's no mention of stardom talent taking place, but as someone pointed out um, in the Discord, it was only three days before the show that they announced that people like Konami were taking uh, taking part last year. So 
I wouldn't put it out of the realms of possibility that there will be stardom um, participation in that event. Um, there's been some sort of um, conversation about how Kyoko Komori isn't on the greatest of terms with stardom. I don't know how true that is. But what are your first impressions, Matt? Um, do you want to see this become an annual thing? What do you think of the names? That sort of thing. Yeah, 100%. You know, back in the States, they did something like this for uh, Brian Pillman. Uh, and there was actually, there was, you know, they, you had people from all over uh, that would come and even the WWE, WWF, they loaned some of their talents. It's actually famous for one of Regal's uh, all-time best matches with uh, Chris Benoit. Anywho, yeah, I'd like to see this um, be part of an annual thing. And even if there is some heat between promotions or a promoter and a booker and another talent, it, it, it's, it, it's bigger than that. Uh, this is for Hannah's memory. You kind of got to put things aside. Put things aside for one night, you know, check your ego at the front door. But it's nice it's going to be see what's going to happen with Jungle Kiona. I didn't know that until you uh, you just dropped that name there. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens. Because since she left stardom, I don't think she, she's had a match yet, has she? Anywhere but else? As far as I'm aware, she's still recovering from injury. Now, this show obviously will be taking place around um, Hannah's birthday which I think is the 23rd of May, not Hannah's birthday, sorry, the day she died, which is the 23rd of May. So she has still got three months, three and a half months to recover from the injury. Um, but yeah, as far as I'm aware, there's been no wrestling at all mentioned from Jungle Kiona since she left Stardom back in September. Yeah, and even if she's still a little banged up, you know, depending on the injury, you can always put her in a like a tag or a six person or an eight person, kind of just work around her. You know, have her come in, have her maybe do some Hannah spots, have her maybe do some Tokyo Cyber Squad entrance stuff, you know, have her do one or two things and then just, you know, this way to, to protect her. At least, this, at least this way she's there. But again, I don't know. You know, I don't obviously I don't know the the, uh, the injuries, if it's a neck or a back or something where she can't move. And that's a, you know, that's a completely different, different story. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully she recovers and hopefully we see her in her ring very soon. And, and uh, I know she fell on bad terms with Stardom, but selfishly, I would love to see her, uh, you know, come back to the promotion sometime this year. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it was a severe knee, knee injury actually, um, and she did, she did actually participate in the last Hannah Memorial show, and uh, she was only, you know, doing very, very basic things, and she wasn't wrestling, but and you know, huge knee brace and things like that. So even if she can't wrestle or even if she's not cleared to wrestle, it will be nice to see her doing something um, again, which is always really, really good. couple of injury updates in terms of stardom. Um, Mayu Iwatani has unfortunately had to pull out of the last two shows. So these two shows that um, we're going to be talking about, the show on the 6th, Mayu isn't on. Um, she is on the Corican show, but not on the, I think it's the Kyoto show. Um, just because she's got backache, basically. A really bad back and couldn't move. Um, sorry, Sendai. Why did I say Kyoto? Sendai. Um, basically, she apologized, said that she wouldn't be able to be on that show. As at the moment, she is advertised to take part of the show this weekend. So we'll see if those cards change or if she will be there. Um, another injury is to Lady C, um, who has had absolutely no luck this year to start off with. Um, oh, she, God, God bless her, you know, God yeah, bless her. absolutely. She said that she was going to miss the autograph session, which was today as we record. Um, she's also going to miss the show in Osaka, which is tomorrow, and the Kyoto tournament, which is the day after um hopefully again she's still going to be okay going forward 
But yeah, she's also going to miss those two cards as well. However, Matt, let's get into these two cards that we're going to talk about today because I'm excited to hear your point of view on some of these. So let's start with New Year's Stars 2022 Night 4, which was the Corican Hall show from the 1st of February with an attendance of 656. We open with a singles match. Saki Kashima defeated Hanan with the Kishikasai in 8 minutes and 36 seconds. Some new gear for Saki, Chris. Uh, Chris, Matt, oh my God. <laughs> it's because I've been talking to him today. That's why. Chris, he's winking into the camera. That, that's not even there. He's giving the old wink there. Yeah. Uh, Saki with some new gear. Uh, again, this is just, I talk about this all the time. Stardom does a great job basically leveling up uh, their wrestlers. I mean, you've been seeing over the past few years of people getting new gear and, uh, you know, changing for a little bit. And, and uh, you know, it's a new look. It's a fresh coat of paint. And I thought this was a solid match. It didn't go far on far too long. I thought on both these shows, uh, and we'll get into it, I thought Hana looked really, really good. I know that you've been big on uh, both Hana and Saki um, basically since, we, since I jumped on the podcast. And I was like, well, I kind of don't see it. But every time that I see these, these two ladies wrestle, I pay a special close attention. And as usual, hashtag Rob Goodwin is right. Because uh, I think both of these have improved. Both these ladies have improved um, since I've been watching Stardom the last handful of months. And I really, really enjoyed this match. I thought Saki's selling was really good here. She was selling the knee really well and was, uh, you know, basically kind of like powering through it. So uh, this was, I really enjoyed it. This was a solid match. And I can't wait to uh, see a rematch down the road where maybe they'll have three or four extra minutes. Well, to be honest, I've always seen Saki as like, you know, a Sean Waltman, a one, two, three kid back in, you know, the mid nineties where she was a measuring stick for competitors. Um, and, you know, she puts on a great magic. Hannah, I thought was absolutely fantastic in this match, you know, actually bringing out a stretch muffler, which is brand new. Um, and I'm just, I was really impressed with the way Hannah was targeting that limb. And like you mentioned, Saki's selling made it a lot more believable. And I think these two had great chemistry. And I think even the finish, the fact that Saki rolls her up with a kiss, because I know she nine times out of 10 finishes matches with that flash pin. But I think that showing experience over youthful exuberance is a good story to tell. And, you know, you don't want Hannon looking poor in this match with her being the future of stardom champion. But even so, I really enjoyed this match. It's one of the matches I actually rated and I gave it three stars. And, you mentioned, me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Shock, shocker, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned before, though, you know, I think every time we've seen Hannon, she had, I wouldn't necessarily call it a clunky match at Dream Queendom, but it certainly wasn't her best. But you look at her two singles matches since, you know, she's had a singles match with Lady C, which I thought was really good at Nagoya Supreme Fight. And then she's had another great match here, you know, little under nine minutes a really good, solid match. Really impressed yep. overall. Um, a absolutely. We move on then to match two, which was an eight-woman tag team match. The stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Momo Kogo, Hazuki, and Koguma, defeating Queen's Quest team of Lady C, Azumi, Yutami Hayashishita, and Saya Kamatani, uh, with Hazuki pinning Lady C with the Mishinoku driver in 11 minutes and 5 seconds. Poor Saya. Poor Saya. She desperately wants to keep that secret, Matt. But will she manage to keep it? Well, I'm going to back up uh, two steps here. One, it was uh, my notes was Koguma got the 
pin with the top rope splash after the Michinoku driver on the Lady C. I apologize. I might have missed that. <laughs> look at that. Uh, okay, but let's let here. I want let's back up. Okay, let's take a look at this match on paper. You have the tag champs and FWC in this match. Okay, you have the white belt champion and Sayakamatani in this match. You have two up and coming stars that I can't wait to see what these two ladies do in the next. 12 to 24 months in Lady C and Momokogo. You have the last two red belt champions in Utami and Mayu Yutani with a combined rate of over 700 days. And oh yeah, by the way, you have Azumi in this match. And it's the second match of the card. Like, I'm sitting there, as these ladies are coming into the ring and I'm writing my notes down, I'm just like, this is just the second match. Like, holy jeez, there's so much star power and future star power in this match. And this match to me was just an absolute ball of fun. They didn't overthink it. They didn't try to do so, too many spots. Everybody got in what they got, what they needed to get in. And yes, Rob, the, the beginning was, again, it was fun. You basically have two babyface factions here. And you're starting off with the uh, story of Saya's Secret. And you have, you're already giving Momo Kogo kind of a, a big spot because you kind of think that she knows it. And she's like putting that megaphone that I guess has like a heart on it. I don't know if that's because it's like Valentine's Day's coming up or <laughs> that's the only thing that they can find or what. I just thought that that was brilliant. I was like, this is fun, you know, because they're two, two lovable factions. Everybody pretty much enjoys all eight of these, uh, these, these competitors. And it's just like, yes, I just wants to blurt out that secret. And <laughs> it's just like, it's at a point right now from where I on my Twitter feed, and I'm sure you're probably getting it as well, that if it's anybody but Kari Hojo, that it's at a point where someone needs to tip Rossi off and just be like, look, if it's not her, you just need to come out and say it because they're going to be pissed if it's not her. <laughs> They've done a lot of bit, and obviously we'll talk a little bit when we get to the high-speed championship match a little bit more about it, but... Yeah, they've done a lot of building to this. It needs to be someone big, especially as they are centering all of Sire's unimportant matches on this one spot. And I do like, I do like how they are proper leaning in on Sire blurting things out since she blurted out that Takumi Aroha was the surprise guest, uh, surprise um, participant in the five star last year. I'm glad they're leaning into that. So <laughs> it's always yes. good fun. She, she's a Tom Holland of the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tom absolutely. Holland, like, he would spoil things, and they're like, "Let's just make it a storyline." And then, on the press thing, and he sells it so well. God bless him. He and that's really a, does. That's the, way, that's the way that I see it. I always try to melt my comics and my wrestling together. <laughs> so I was like, "That's why I saw this," and I was like, "Poor Sayakamatan is the Spider-Man of the Stardom Universe." <laughs> Oh, but yeah, this was just fun. I don't think there was too much seriousness in this match. Um, Mayu wasn't in the match for a long time. Obviously, knowing what we know now, that's, you know, perfectly reasonable. Uh, Momo Kogo, over these two shows, has really, really impressed me. And as a rookie coming in, she has offered the most early on out of anyone I've seen debut in stardom over the last two years, Matt. Yeah, her and Hannah, and they're both, uh, you know, in the same group. I was both, their stocks went up so much in my eyes. And we'll get to Hannah's just little things that she done in, in, in the second night here. But I was like, geez, stars in a, like, in a year's time went from like, okay, it's Mayu and like next to nobody. No offense, just because, you know, Saida's injured and the Cosmic Angel, Tam leaves and takes her friends to form Cosmic Angels. It's just like, you know, you have the, the now they have the tag champs and you have Saida coming back hopefully soon. 
and then you have these two up and coming stars. It's like you know, stars. I guess pun intended. Um, you literally, I mean, they're just they just they're just kind of just shot up over here. I'm really excited to see see what they're going to do here. But yeah, Momo Koga, I'm really impressed with what I saw. And from what I understand is uh, your cat's favorite wrestler, it seems, <laughs> from what I've been seeing on Twitter. Hashtag watch stardom indeed. We might well have a new high-speed challenger in George the Cat. Um, yeah, just was obsessed, would not move. I had to re-watch the match because so much of it was taken up with his huge cat head. Um, but yeah, it was a really enjoyable match. It's not one that you go out of your way to seek in-ring um sort of greatness but even so it was a fun story that they told um and yeah it's 11 minutes and five seconds it's it's relatively inoffensive in terms of match three then we had a tag team match with the cosmic angels team of yunagi sayaka and mina shirakawa defeating the ddm team of julia and tekla with the glorious collection mina in 12 minutes and 52 seconds couple of things to note about this the first obviously Mina Shirakawa getting a pinfall victory over Tekla and then of course making her um sort of ambitions known that she wants to go for that SWA belt again and then Yunagi and Mina going for the tag belts Matt yeah now I gotta ask you this what do you think about Yunagi getting another title shot it just seems like every time she turns around it's like Let's give her another title shot. Let's give her another title shot. You think this is obviously she's doing a great job. We talk about it all the time. She improves literally every time she's out in the ring between her character, her promos, uh, what she does in the ring, her selling, her tag stuff. You think this is just they're kind of is she just in the right spot at the right time just for someone to put in title matches? Or do you think that this is, you know, purposely what they're going to do is to build her towards maybe the end of the year to her holding one of the bigger titles? It wouldn't surprise me if by the end of the year she's a tag champion. I don't think she gets them here. Um, you know, last year she was in the most title matches of anyone on the Stardom roster. And whilst initially I was certainly very staunchly and vocally against that because I don't feel like she earns those title shots, here I feel like it's the next logical step. And after all, we're not talking about red belt shots. Yes, she's had two shots of the white belt, admittedly, but, you know, it's the tag belts. It's not the most important belt on the roster. And they need to have challenges, FWC. And if you look at the roster at the moment between injuries, programs with other wrestlers, other champions having to defend their belts, there aren't a great deal of wrestlers left. So, Yunagi and Mina, it makes sense for them to have that challenge towards FWC. I do think it's a filler defense for FWC. I'd be very, very, very surprised if Yunagi and Mina win that. Um, but I am quite surprised they gave Mina a return victory over Tekla. I know Ter and Tekla had very good chemistry, but there's a lot of other wrestlers I'd want to see get that SWA belt shot, like the woman who's getting it at Corrigan in Saki, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um before Mina gets another shot. Um, I'm less... I'm not offended by either, to be perfectly honest. I think they're perfectly, you know, perfectly suitable title defences. But I can see why people will get annoyed. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I kind of just want to just throw it at you. But you said Yunagi had the most title matches uh, in 2021? Yes, I believe she had 17 title matches. Of course, don't forget, she she was part of the... uh, the artist of stardom champion. So, you know, she did have, I think, seven matches just defending that title. 
The reason why I asked that question, Rob, is, is by chance, where did you get that research? Did you by chance <laughs> give it in a book called Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th Anniversary in Review? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Yes. How did you know? <laughs> just a lucky guess, you know, just... I guess just a lucky guess. Boy, I'm really good at putting these things in. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> moving along, uh, I, a couple notes about the match. I thought it was really good, and I kind of understand, like, you know, you're kind of, uh, you think, it kind of goes by, you think, well, this 50-50 booking, because Tekla just beat Mina. At the same time, you need to build up Unagi and Mina as uh, tag challengers um, for uh, FWC. I totally agree with you. I think this is just, just to have, get another solid match under FWC's uh, title reign. But the one big thing I had coming out of this is, and we talk about this all the time, it just seems more and more glowing each show that passes, is since Julia's come back from injury, she's just, she has this it factor. And I always say you can't explain what it factor is. Like you can have excellent, excellent workers that just don't get over with the crowd or don't connect with the crowd for some reason. And it's almost like her injury was like a blessing in disguise because she came, comes, she's back with this complete different aura. And I noticed, like, in this show and the next show, like, you just can't keep your eyes off her. Like, every little thing she does between her interviews, her promos, uh, you know, in the ring after, just the way she works the apron, when she's on the cell, when she's on the offense, when it's just, she just has this, and nobody else has this. You know, as much as I love Tam and Mayu and everybody else in stardom, uh, Siri, Yutami, like, when it comes to the if factor, I she just com- she completely separates herself. And this might be something that stardom has to look at where it's just like, depending on what they're going on with their plans. I mean, sometimes as a promoter, you have to pivot. So it's like, are they going to, do you put the belt on her? Or is it a point where it's just like, she doesn't need the belt to get over. But to me, just watching this show and then the show we're going to review in a little bit, she's on a completely different level than anybody else in the company with that it factor. And again, it's something that you just can't explain. And I don't know if you're picking up that with uh, Julia, in these past few shows or if it's just something that I'm seeing. I mean, we've we've talked about it on this very podcast about how to be the red belt champion, I feel there needs to be an aura around you. And, you know, there's there's the odd exception to the rule always. B Priestley is the exception that immediately jumps to mind. But there's there has to be a star aura. You know, you get that with Utami, you've got that with Siori, you had that with Mayu. I think here, Julia has that in More spades. than anybody. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Maybe. She walks mm. into a room, whether she's murder pirate Julia, lunatic ALK Julia, she has that room eating out of the palm of her hand. And it's not always been that case. You know, early on in her run, she was greeted with quite a lot of apathy. But now that she's sort of, she's, she's basically up-leveled. And... Honestly, I cannot see how we finish 2022 without her as champion. I just yeah, can't. I just can't see how that happens. She's almost almost to what we were talking about about 15, 20 minutes ago. She's on Io Shirai level of it factor. Uh, again, I don't think anybody will ever be that good in the ring. Again, another story for another day. But as far as that it factor goes, she is. it's like her, Io, like, if you want to talk about uh, wrestlers over here in the States, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, like those are the four it factors as far as just having that, just again, owning a room, you walk into a room and you know, immediately, even if you're not a wrestling fan, that's somebody, that is somebody, that's somebody, that's somebody important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
Again, she did, you know, this was a good match, but there wasn't anything blow away. But your eye is immediately drawn to Julia. And this match at World Climax has so many permutations and so many possible avenues that stardom can go down. I just, it's such an exciting prospect looking ahead to that. Um, Let's move on then, Matt. Match four, the semi-main on this show, there was only five matches, was another eight-woman tag team match with the Donna Del Mondo team of Himika, Micah, Mirai, and Suri defeating the Uida Tai team of Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, Rina, and Ruaka with Himika pinning Rina with the JP Coaster in 14 minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, Matt, what do you think about this match? This was solid, but to me, this was, it just seemed like, maybe it's just wishful thinking because it's what I want. It just seemed like this match was built around a little preview of Siri versus Momo. I think when you get these six persons or eight persons, I think sometimes I think, okay, this is, you know, let's just sprinkle this in a little bit just to see if this is something that we can go with. Uh, Again, this was solid performance by everybody. Everybody worked hard. But to me, I just couldn't keep my eye off Siri and Momo just kicking the absolute bejesus out of each other. And I'm thinking and hoping that uh, after the end of the shows in March, that this is where they go with going into, uh, you know, the spring is Momo and Siri. That's, again, again, Rob, I'm going to bounce this off you. Was was that just me? You know, again, is this just my wishful thinking? Because that's the match I want. My first note of this match is there is a lot of Siri and Momo. Yep. And... Trust me, that's not a bad thing because these two kick the absolute hell out of each other. Um, But it does feel like the rest are passengers in this exchange. Now, again, as I've mentioned a couple of minutes ago, there are so many permutations with World Climax. You know, if Suri comes out of World Climax as champion A, Jesus Christ, well done, um, because the odds are certainly stacked against her, but... It has to be the next program going forward. Surely her versus Momo. As you know, we've said countless times now that we need to have Momo have that red belt shot because otherwise all the momentum from this turn is going to have gone. And we need her to capitalize on this momentum. And yeah, the exchange, they were in the ring together a lot here. Now, again, we this that could just be the way the match is booked and they haven't thought ahead as far as that. But, you know, they do have history, you know, going back to last year's five star and then again in January of twenty twenty one. We could be seeing yeah. it, Matt. We could be seeing it. Yeah, and again, I think it was I know for me it was number three on my list, and I think our one, two, and three were pretty pretty similar. I think it was three on your list for start of match of the year, uh the finals with Siri and Momo. And this is, if it go this way, this is, it, it's, you get that match, but you get it different because now you have a heel Momo and you have a champion Cherry. So it's just like you have the added stakes as well. So yeah, again, you got to capitalize on this because the longer you go without Momo not winning the red belt or at least challenging for it, you're losing steam off that heel turn. Hmm. And now we're going on. I mean, that was right around Christmas. And, you know, as we're recording, we're in the middle of February and I just, yeah, I think that's, I think that's what happens is she beats Julia night one. She beats Mayu night two. Again, that's kind of her completion as we talked about it. She wants to defeat, you know, Mayu Itani to defend the red belt. And then it's like, I guess, I mean, it's gotta be Momo. I wouldn't be heartbroken if Utami comes out and says, you know, Hey, I have a champion for 400 days. I want a rematch. 
Like I wouldn't that, you know, that wouldn't hurt. That wouldn't hurt my feelings. Or Tam comes out and says like, Hey, you know, I, I was sick. I couldn't get a chance to get a, get a title shot. You know, I'm next in line that, you know, I wouldn't be heartbroken there, but to me, I think it's gotta be Momo. And I think you've got to put the belt on her by no later than May. And then you give her that long heel run where eventually at the end of the year, uh, it goes to Julia. I think that to me, that's, that's where it goes. But again, Rob, if me and you knew any better, we wouldn't be sitting where we're sitting. We'd be in a comfortable Radisson Inn suite uh, eating sushi with Rossi Ogawa somewhere in Japan. Of course, and of course we can but dream. Um, that was the first thing I noted. Obviously, the second thing was the exchange between Prominence and Donna Del Mondo. Obviously, Prominence came out at the culmination of the match. Um, Reese Sarah, who again is the blue-haired uh, lady, she comes out, says, I'm not waiting till Ryogoku World Climax. I want you, talking to Suri, I want you and I want you now. Um, Suri basically says she's been waiting for her and they seemingly agree a singles match. And then Tekla sticks her head in and goes, actually, I'll be a tag partner. And then sort of aggravates um, Fujita and we end up with a tag match and another DDM and prominence pull-apart brawl, which means that we are getting sort of a preview of what we're going to get at World Climax with a tag match on the February 21st Corrigan Hall show with uh, Suri and Tekla versus Arisa Serra and Akani Fujita. If I had to push you for a victor there, Matt, surely it has to be prominence, which means that unfortunately it looks like Tekla's taking the fall there. Yeah, uh, that's the way it's going to go. Not unless, I mean, Prominence is kind of a hardcore promotion. Do you get to a point where maybe you just throw the match out and it's like a double count out to the point where it's like the ref, like, I'll give it a little leeway, I'll give it a little leeway. And then maybe it gets to a point where it's just like, it's this is just too much. I have to throw it out. And then you see the other members of Prominence come in and then you see, uh, you know, the members of DDM come in to break it up. And then maybe what if you do a turn there? What if then if you do like a Micah turning and she joins Prominence or a Himika and she, you know, I mean, you could, a zillion different things that you can do there. But uh, I think maybe that's, you have to start out Prominence really hot. So I think you either give them a win or if you do like a double DQ or double count out, but at the same time, maybe they leave them laying. I mean, that, that's one way you can go. The one thing I don't want to see is somebody from Prominence getting a title shot after the back-to-back Julia Mayuitani. You know, I don't want to, you know, over Momo or, or Tam. No, no, I, I do agree. I think the I think the turn is wishful thinking. I don't think we see that, but there are so many things that they could do with this. They have to do a prominence victory here. Um, although, now that you've mentioned it, I do like the idea of prominence beating Tekla and Siri so much that the match gets thrown out. That's, you know, with the whole sort of hardcore deathmatch thing they're sort of doing on their own promotion. That'd be quite cool. I quite like that idea. Um, obviously, we'll see. Um, I'm quite looking forward to watching that match. I think it'll be fantastic. Um, so the main focus of this podcast, I suppose, is the main event of the Corican show. The first time the High Speed Championship has ever main evented a Corican Hall show, so I believe. Um, and it was Starlight Kid, the champion, versus Natsupoi, the challenger. Natsupoi returning, obviously, after stage production, and this ended in a time limit draw of 30 minutes. Now, 
A couple of things, Matt. First of all, we joked about it going to a 30-minute time limit draw. I don't think either of us anticipated it doing it. Um, there is a stigma attached to high speed around the time of the match. And that stigma seems to be if the match goes more than eight minutes, then it's not, in inverted commas, the high speed sort of way, the high speed time. And there's a lot of discourse online about that 30 minute. Now, this is not the first 30 minute draw for the high speed belt. And our friend Armani Shoe Exchange actually posted on Twitter some of the longer um high-speed matches. I mean, Natsuki Teo versus Kaori Yoniyama went to a 30-minute time limit draw back in 2013 at Shinkiba. We've got matches that go 21 minutes, 24 minutes, 25. Yes, there are shorter matches in there, but it was an interesting discussion that someone put forth in the Discord chat about how the shorter high-speed time limit was sort of bought in by Hazuki when she was champion. And she came forward and said, I want to beat everyone as quickly as I possibly can. And that was where the shorter time limit for every match came from. That being said, I don't think they had enough in this match to fill the 30 minutes match. Uh, so you're saying Hazuki ruined this for everybody? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I'm saying uh, that Hazuki definitely wasn't having 30 minute time on the draws. I mean, it's yeah. Again, I think two weeks ago we previewed this match, and I think I said 52 percent that uh, Natsupoy was going to win, 40 percent uh, Starlight Kid, and 8 percent a draw or something. Whatever, whatever. I'm doing the, the Scott Steiner math here, but I, <laughs> so I think and we we kind of joked because it was the main event. And then it's like I woke up the next day because these shows take place at like two or three in the morning, you know, over here east, you know, Eastern Standard Time. I woke up the next morning and I was looking at Twitter and I was and it went to a thirty minute draw. And I was like, ah, son of a bitch, they did it. And my first reaction for about forty seconds was like, well, why? And then if you kind of just take the negative out of it and just take a step back, it's like, okay, I understand it's the high speed belt, okay, but it's Natsupoy and Starlight Kid wrestling for thirty minutes why are we getting upset over this? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to reserve judgment until I watch the match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, they started out with the high speed stuff and then they went to like a simple psychology. Um, they did their dives. They, and then they started doing, then in the middle of the match, about 13, 14 minutes in, they were doing high speed spots on the outside, which I've never seen before. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And that's smart. Because now you can sell it outside. It's something completely different. And then they finish the match with high-speed spots. Now, for somebody that's been wrestling almost half his life, let me tell you, when you get towards the end of a match, especially with the pace that they were going in the beginning and the middle, the fact that you're like 29 minutes and 10 seconds in, and you have to fill 40 to 50 seconds with those spots, holy jeepers. I give them all the credit in the world for that. And I understand people that loved it. I understand people that liked it. And I understand people that didn't care for it. Again, that's your opinion. I can see your all. I can see your everybody's side to it. But I thoroughly enjoyed this, and I gave actually gave this one four solid stars. I really, really loved it. And I also thought it was funny at the end. The two of them were like exhausted, and Natsupoy grabs the microphone. The first thing she says, and she breaks kayfabe when she says, <laughs> "Hey, Starlight Kid, thanks for coming to my play." And Starlight Kid <laughs> is just like, "No, I wasn't." There. She's like playing it off like you asked. We're supposed to be having. I'm I'm in this 
big bad group away to tie, and he's supposed to hate everybody, and you're not supposed to tell everybody that I came to your play. We're supposed to be rivals. Like, I thought that was a cute little thing, but no, I and I'm I I know I was texting you about it, and you didn't uh, text me back, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm kind of glad you kind of didn't give me a response because I'd like to hear your response on the podcast, so you kind of get my organic reaction. But I told you I really enjoyed the match, and what about you? First things first, you know, you see that this match goes to a 30-minute time limit draw, and you sort of, you go into it and think, oh, God, how is this going to go 30 minutes doing high-speed stuff? You know, they're going to bottle it. Um, However, if you take away that preconceived notion, this isn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think, like I said before, I don't think they had enough to go 30 minutes, but what they did was really good. You know, they broke up the high-speed stuff with that storytelling. I really love Starlight Kids sitting outside and going, nah, you come out here. I've got no reason to be in that ring, because if it goes to a count-out, I hold my belt. So Natsupoy is forced to go outside, and then they do the spots. We had a Van Daminator with uh, a drop kick and a chair to the face. You know, we had little bits of really, really cool high-speed backflips and cartwheeling out of things, the exhausted pins in the closing 10 minutes. This, this match had an outstanding closing 10 minutes, like a really, really good closing stretch. Um, I wasn't a massive fan of, of uh, Natsupoy kicking out of the Black Tiger power driver. You know, I just felt like it was a spot we could have saved for an even bigger match. Um, but even so, that's me being a little bit nitpicky. I love the big DDT on the apron. Um, I thought both women put absolutely everything into this match. I don't think it needed to be 30 minutes. I think this match would have been even better, 22, 23, 24 you know, I'm not one of those people who is staunchly against every high-speed match ever going above 10 minutes. You know, if the match requires it, go as long as you need. I just don't quite think this needed to go 30 minutes. Um, I'm, You know, we're more or less the same. I gave it three and three-quarter stars. Again, it's Starlight Kid and Natsupoy. They're not going to put on a bad match. Now, I will openly say that I was not a fan of their match when... They, um, where was it? They, Osaka, maybe? I think it was Osaka, um, where Starlight took the belt from that. I wasn't a fan of that match at all, and I stand by that, because that had no aspects of a high-speed match whatsoever. That was just an ordinary wrestling match. If they incorporate the style of a high-speed match, I have no issue with the time limit. No issue at all. However, go on. You hit, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go on. No, you. You, uh, you hit the nail on the head where he said the match should take as long as it needs to tell the story. That's all. I'm just gonna, I was just going to put you over there, sir, for your – you hit it right on the head. A match should need as long as it, as long as it needs, as long as it tells the story. I'll shut up now. Go ahead. No, sorry, don't worry. Um, yeah, it, it was a good match. It was a good match. It wasn't blow away, but it was a good, solid main event. Um. Obviously, coming off the back of that, uh, as we've said, Natsupoy thanks Starlight Kid for coming to a show, then offers her a present of her brand new photo book, which I imagine has gone down very well in our Discord. Um, but Kid then slaps it out of her hand for making a mockery of the high-speed division. Um, Poi then challenges for the white belt again, which obviously is her second challenge after challenging Tam back in Yokohama 
in July of 2021. And this is where Saya Kamatani comes to the ring and looks like she's about to accept, but then reacts as though Natsupoi could be the mystery woman from the YouTube videos. Now, she then leaves and, you know, this has sort of blown up speculation that the mystery woman is going to be Siori Anu. Um, again, probably butchered that. There we are. Um, because her and Natsupoi look identical. So that makes sense. We could be doing the subtlest of subtle hints at Kairi Sane, you know, look at the gear. Last time uh, Natsupoi went for the white belt, it was Kairi Sane's old gear. Is that a subtle nod to that? I don't know where they go from here. Um, but damn, it's interesting. Damn, it's interesting. Jesus, they are playing it out, and I'm interested. Jesus, I'm, in, I'm invested in this. It's at a point, if they keep doing these little skits, because we thought we were we were going to get it on the 29th, and then we're like, well, that's the day of the Royal Rumble, and then Kari was heavenly uh, advertised, or hinted that she was going to be on the Rumble. It's like, well, maybe, and then she didn't show up, so we're like, well, maybe they, you know, they wanted to hold off in case, but then they had the prominence thing. But now it's at a point where it's like, if they keep doing these little hints, these little funny things in the matches and the way Saya is selling these, they can play this out for another three months and I'll be fine. I'm like, this, I'm, just, I'm entertained. I'm, I'm entertained by it. And maybe it'll be like the mystery GM that they did at WWE like 10 years ago. It's like you never got revealed who it was, but you were just entertained by it. I swear well, to God, if they do this reveal and it's Hornswoggle. <laughs> honestly, man. <laughs> I swear to God. It's <laughs> the next high-speed challenger. <laughs> um, Starlight and Azumi then confront each other uh, without Kogama this time, which is quite funny because Azumi's then looking around to make sure Kogama doesn't insert herself this time. Um, and they set a date for their championship match. Azumi is the next challenger, the 23rd of February at Cinderella Journey in Nagaoka. Um at the next Corican show, Starlight had announced that the younger Weedatai, which is uh, Starlight, Ruwaka, and Rina, are going for the Artist of Stardom belts as well. So we have our first title match confirmed for Corican with another on its way. Overall, Matt, what did you think of this Corican show? It was great. And again, from what I understand, it was uh, a COVID sellout and they basically just sold it on a high speed match. But like I said, everything was really good. You kind of had a little bit of everything, uh, you know, just to, like again, the Hanasaki match was a good way to start it. You basically had the all star uh, eight person tag match. You had, uh, again, Julia just looking, uh, Julia just looking like a star in her match. And then what we are hoping for is a little preview with Siri and Momo. So every match you kind of had building towards something in the future. I, I was entertained by every match and, uh, you know, good on starting for another great house. Absolutely. Um, we move on then to the New Year's Stars Night 5, which was from the 6th of February from Sendai Pit in front of 238 people. Um, we'll whip through this card as well. Match one was a singles match. Kogama defeating Ruaka with a side roll-up, six minutes and 58 seconds. This was demonstrably fine, Matt. <laughs> it was okay. I think I think Kogama gave Ruaka a little bit too much. I think right now she's still a little bit green, and I think that she's just better off like in the 
the tag stuff, like where she's doing the heel stuff with Starlight Kid and Momo. But yeah, it was by no means was it like you know all this was unwatchable. You know, burn your boots, kid. No, nothing like that. And it's again, it's uh, it's Koguma, and she's always entertaining everything that she does. Absolutely. Match two, another singles match. Now this was damn entertaining. Hazuki defeated her little protege Momokogo with the bombs away diving senton in nine minutes and sixteen seconds. I thoroughly enjoyed this one, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I know they always do like these trial series matches, like they did it with Yunagi and they did it with Mina and they did it with Lady C. I wouldn't be heartbroken if they did just did a trial series of just uh, Hazuki wrestling Momokogo like every other show. It's like, okay, there's no, there's no tag title match. Uh, so, because we just did one, uh, we're just going to do another Momokogo versus Hazuki match. But this was really good. You can see the little parts that Momokogo needed to be leaded. Hazuki led her very well. And uh, this was, I, I, I was excited when, that, when this match popped up on my TV because sometimes I forget what matches, you know, happen after I read those results, and I'm like, oh, this is nice, because this is basically, you know, the quote-unquote Momo Kogo's teacher in stars. But this was solid. I mean, Hazuki looked really good here. She did a good job uh, making Momo Kogo look really good. Not that Momo Kogo really needs much help this early on in her career. So I guess the really big question is, uh, what does your cat think about this match? <laughs> my cat was a big fan, big fan. Obviously, Momo Kogo enters the ring, and my cat has to watch. Um, <laughs> but the cat gave it a solid... Uh, four pairs out of five. Um, I like I say, I think these two had great right. chemistry. I think Momokogo looked f- so much more solid. Um, Hazuki gave her a lot as well in this match. Um, yeah, maybe she, a little too much. Maybe a little too much. Maybe, but you know, if you're trying to get Kogo over, you know, then why not? It's essentially, you know, we talk about it all the time. It's essentially a road two show. It's not compulsory viewing so you know on these little shows why not you know we all knew Hazuki was going to win it was more a matter of how she was going to win than if she was going to win but why not give Momokogo just that little bit of a rub you know of hitting a few more drop kicks or you know the springboard drop kick or trying to change the menu uh, the moves that she's doing and adapting her offense ultimately it was a little training match and I thought they did it really really well um, I gave it another three stars. I thought it was great. Yeah, I was three and a quarter, so we're we're right there. Um, three-way match was our match. And we should note that this card was changed because of Mayu's injury. Um, so Mina Shirakawa came out defeating Yunagi Sayaka and Hanan uh, with the Glorious Collection Mina for the second straight show in nine minutes and 17 seconds. I didn't mind the dynamic in this match because when we get three ways and there's two people from the same faction, it seems to be, right, well, when is the other one going to turn on the other? You know, when is Mina going to turn on Yunagi or vice versa? They start working well together and then it changes. They didn't do it here. It was effectively a handicap match and it was effectively a handicap match for the vast majority of it. Yeah, pretty much. And I talked about a couple of minutes ago about uh, Hannah and these two shows. In my eyes, she really upped her stock. And this match particularly. Now, this wasn't, you know, like a match of the year candidate or anything. But I've noticed uh, all the little things that she was kind of just missing a little bit on. She got down. Now, for example, she comes out and she does the Mayu Yutani. Let's throw the baseball into the crowd. I'm like, oh, okay. If that's where you're going, 
you better have your working shoes on, sister. And she sure did. There was, <laughs> uh, like, her timing, not that it was bad, but, like, her timing was really good. Her selling, like, the way she sold, uh, she was very, you can kind of tell that Mayu is coaching her, coaching her well, because she was almost, like, Mayu level of, of selling. Like, okay, only sell a little bit here, sell a little more here, sell for your comeback here on your offensive, defensive. I was really thoroughly impressed. I mean, back-to-back matches, you had these two young athletes in Momo Kogo and, and, uh, and Hannah. And I'm thoroughly impressed by both the work they did on both these two shows, especially these two back-to-back. I, I, I'm real excited to see what the future holds for, for these two. But, yeah, there was a lot of the psychology of it. You know, it's you, kind of started off as a handicap match, but then Hannah basically kind of divides and conquers. And then as you're building towards the end, it's like Mina is trying to, you know, one-up uh, Unagi and vice versa. And then there was some pretty cool, like, interesting three-way uh, tight pin spots. So going into this match, I was like, ah, it's kind of a three-way. It's going to kind of turn into a uh, almost a handicap match. But I was thoroughly, thoroughly entertained with this match. And again, I cannot put over how well uh, Hannah looked uh, in these two shows back-to-back. You said that obviously Hannah's been coaching, uh, been coached by Mayu. One important question is how long before she coaches Hannah to throw a ball properly? Oh, you know what? I haven't... It's been a long time since I played baseball, and I wasn't any good at it. I'll be honest with you, Rob. I did set the record. I did set – not that I want to talk about my Little League career from almost 30 years ago. I did set the record for most uh, getting hit by pitches. Uh, I think it's good for seven years. And not that – and here's the reason why. Now you understand why, why, why I, I'm, a, I'm turned into a wrestler. It's because sometimes there would be like, hey, we got to get somebody on base, and the coach would be like, hey, lean into one. So I lean into a lot. So now it makes sense because I really I wasn't any good. I was an okay fielder. I was I wasn't a good hitter, but I can take a beating. And I was the same way in football. When I played football, I was 100 pounds soaking wet. So it was just like, oh, just go out there and run in front of the biggest guy. So this way he's distracted. So it's just like, well, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I went to the wrestling way. You know, throw yourself on the <laughs> ground, kid. You know. <laughs> um, match four, then, the semi-main from this show. <laughs> Who so knows I was just got, I just got to absolutely peppered. Man, we were talking about a lot of my younger life on this podcast. Breaking in the business, getting hit by pitches, getting beat up by fullbacks. Man. Oh, uh, yeah, match four. Six-woman tag team match. Uh, going to a 20-minute time limit draw. Uh, the DDM team of Himika, Natsupoy, and Suri. Uh, versus the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishita, Saya Kamatani, and Azumi. Probably the best in-ring match of the show, Matt. Yeah, uh, probably the two nights. I had this uh, three and three-fourth stars. My first two notes is, when do we get another Sherry versus Yutami match, please? And then I wrote right after that, when do we get another Sherry versus Azumi match, please? And, uh, <laughs> everybody looked really good in this match, but as it kind of started, and as it finished, as rightfully so for the booking, it basically just became a big preview of uh, Natsupoi versus Sayakamatani for the white belt. So everything here made sense. Everybody looked really good, but then they made sure the focus was on, you know, the uh, the big white belt defense. But yeah, I thought this was excellent. Um, the time limit draw made sense. And again, I had this at three and three fourth stars. How about you? Were, were you close on this one with me like, as usual? Yep, absolutely. Three and three quarter stars. Bang on. Um, again, look who's in the ring. You mentioned it before, you know, Yutami, Saya, Azumi, Natsupoi, Suri, Himika. Himika, who's come on leaps and bounds since that injury and since the end of the five-star. She hits with such ferocity now. Those 
corner clotheslines that she hits. Jesus. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. Those little teases of Suri and Utami are never not going to be entertaining. And then, obviously, Natsupoy and Saya, I'm extremely intrigued how that match is going to play out at Cinderella Journey. So, yeah, three and three quarters, probably the best match of these two shows, weirdly, um, when you consider the high-speed match. But, yeah, go out of your way probably to see this one because the 20 minutes do fly by in this match. Main event then, six-woman tag team match with Oeratai, the uh, team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Saki Kashima, defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Tekla, and Mirai with, with the Kishikasai um, in 19 minutes and 51 seconds. Now, Matt, when was the yes. last time we saw not only a team with Julia on, lose back-to-back matches but also when was the last time we saw Saki get back-to-back wins yeah it's kind of and I kind of hit it towards it at the uh, Queen's Quest versus Oedo Tai captain's match where she pinned Saya and I'm like oh that's going to lead into somewhere down the road her getting a white belt shot when Saya wins the white belt off Tam so it's kind of like you kind of wonder where they're going but not only that but like Saki Start, you know, she was in match one of the night before, and now she's basically closing the show. But uh, obviously, for for the right reasons, because they're obviously building towards a match with her and Tekla uh, for the SWA belt. But speaking of Tekla, we can kind of see we got a little preview here in case they want to go high speed with her, because she starts with Starlight Kid, and as if you didn't get enough high speed from Starlight Kid from the uh, the previous show, you get you started off, uh, you know, here with them. So I thought that was a nice way to. Um, to start the match off. Uh, and Momo, she gets to the ring. She has banger s- spots with Mirai. I mean, it's not much, but it's like, oh, I can't wait for that match in the five-star or if they do it somewhere down the road where they give us like 15 minutes of just the two of them beating the crap out of each other. And speaking of beating the crap, Julia, again, you can't keep your eyes off her. And for someone who likes tight wrestling, she destroys Momo with these series of forearms, which can only lead to one thing if you've ever seen one Momo matches. Momo's going to get her, she's going to get her payback. And boy, does she ever, man. <laughs> I tell you what, Julia, sometimes she just takes an absolute beating. You know, she got her chin split open in the Mayu match. She decides I'm going to try to beat up the hardest hitter in the company, which <laughs> that goes well for about 40 seconds. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you have all these like interchanging parts in this match. And it ends with uh, Saki kind of getting a roll up win here on the main event with and again, you have a lot of star power here. You know, you're mm-hmm. obviously building up Mirai and Tekla. Obviously, Julia, you know, we wax poetically about where they're going to go with her. Starlight Kid is a huge star, and, and Momo, we think, is going to be the next Rump Out champion. And yet, Saki gets the roll-up here uh, for the win. Not that I'm complaining, but it's kind of just interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this episode has effectively been bookmarked by Saki Wins. Um, I've mentioned before that I think Tekla, out of everyone I've seen her wrestle so far, she's had the best chemistry with Starlight Kid. Um, yeah. And obviously at the moment, she's going to be preoccupied with the SWA belt, which I don't have an issue with at all. But once she drops that belt, I'd love to see her have a high-speed run because she does have a really, really good understanding and really good sort of high-speed moveset that I want to see in that sort of frame. And again we are short of competitors in that arena when you think we've got Starlight Kid, Azumi, and Kagama, and then not a lot else. So it will be interesting to see where they go with that. Um, You know, 
I'm never not going to be here for a Julia and Momo Watanabe match. Every time I see Mirai, I'm more and more impressed with her. Like I say, that match at Nagoya Supreme Fight, she's a star. She That is a star-making performance for Mirai. So I'm never not going to be a fan. Do we like Saki going after the SWA belt? Hell yes. How long have I been saying I want to see her go for, you know, singles belts? She was a stand-in at Tokyo Super Wars because of Konami's injury, not uh, not um, Tokyo Super Wars, Kawasaki Super Wars. Um, so here she gets the actual focus she deserves. It's probably going to be the main event of that Korokan show on the 21st because that's when it's been announced for. So again, unfortunately though, I don't see Saki winning, Matt. No, neither do I, but you never know. You never, never know. But just to go back on a point that you made, yeah, uh, Starlight Kid, it seems like when she's in the ring, she just, she understands, I guess, Tekla's, like, offense, because Tekla's offense is a little bit different than everybody else. Like, we talked about how she sells the Toxic Spider Spear better than anybody. Uh, So, yeah, that's absolutely, that's a singles match that I definitely want to see somewhere down the road. And Mariah, yeah, she does really well in the ring, especially against the heavy hitters. She had that bangover match with Sherry um, not too long ago. Obviously, Momo is a heavy hitter as well. So it's like, yeah, just kind of keep her in that uh, that division where you can just see some people just absolutely beating the bejesus out of each other. You know, give me, uh, again, you kind of have that DDM Civil War, and we're talking about, uh, you know, Himika, or Himika just taking people's heads off with lariats. Can you imagine that lariat exchange? You know, Mariah throws that Dynamite Kid-style left-handed lariat, so... Yeah, it's interesting to see. There's there's a you know a lot of new talent, a lot of fresh matchups, you know, going into uh, you know the 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 second quarter here of uh, 2022, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens. Absolutely, absolutely. We're uh, we're blessed at the moment with some excellent matchups. Um, couple of things that are going on um, after this show that sort of come as a result of this show. Um, we have already mentioned, I think, that the card order for Cinderella Journey, which we're going to go through the full card in a moment, um, there isn't an official main event at the moment because you can go to their Twitter page and vote for what you think the main event should be. The options are the four title matches. So Sai Kamatani versus Natsupoi, Starlight Kid versus Azumi, the Goddesses of Stardom Championship match between Hazuki and Kagama and Yunagi and Mina, and then the Future of Stardom Championship match between Hanan and Momo Kogo. You know, it would be great to see a show headlined by the Future of Stardom Championship, but I don't think it will be. Last time I checked, which was late last night, um, I believe Starlight Kid Nozumi was on course to headline that show. But again, go and check out their Twitter page um, so that you can vote on that. There was also interesting news to come out of that press conference where Stardom announced there's going to be a new Blood show, which the first one is going to take place on March the 11th, 2022 in Tokyo. And basically, this show will be centered on a new generation with many participants from other organizations. Those participating players will be announced at a later press conference. Now, I'm intrigued by this for several reasons. One, if this is going to be like um, the rookies from different companies coming together, I'm all for that. Um, I'm also all for just 
big collaboration shows. They tried that with the Assemble shows um, last year. It didn't work as well as I think people wanted it to. Obviously, I think they finished after three shows, maybe four. I'm intrigued to see where they go with this, Matt. Yeah, I mean, we talk all the time, especially in this podcast, about the young talent that is already in stardom. And, you know, stardom is pretty much, you know, at the top of the heap. So if you have, I'm just going to use it for a simple math, 16, you know, competitors that are rookies, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, and say there's three or four that are kind of pegged from st- that are stars and they're on different, you know, different companies, it's probably a good possibility that in a year or two that they can probably make their way over to stardom. And not only that, but the main thing here is you're getting good exposure on young talent. So it's, it's, and that's the main thing is you want to get them exposed. It's going to help their career, which in turns will help whatever promotions that they're working. So yeah, you know, by all means, give us more shows, give us more shows to watch because there's, because we don't have enough stuff to watch, but uh, (laughs) in all seriousness, yeah. I mean, the main thing here is exposure for young talent. I would, you know, back when I was first starting, that would, I would absolutely kill to, to have that, you know, especially with the, all the streaming platforms and how accessible everything is on YouTube. So, you know, good on them. And I hope everybody that's in the in this tournament or this new blood thing that they're doing, I hope they all hit a home run. Absolutely. And obviously, when we find out more information and when the press conference will drop, we'll bring you all of the news to come out of that. Um Let's delve into this Stardom Cinderella Journey in Nagaoka card. So this is the full card rundown. Uh, on the pre-show, we've got three-way Mei Sakurai versus Wakasukiyama versus Rina. Uh, we've then got a tag team match, Queen's Quest, uh, Lady C and Yutami Hayashista versus Momo Watanabe and Ruaka, which again, I see as nothing more than a preview battle between Utami and Momo for that inevitable singles match. Um, We've got a six-woman tag. It is an all-DDM affair uh, ready for Ria Goku, where we've got Mika, Himika, and Suri taking on Mirai, Julia, and Tekla. It's the match we should have had last the last set of shows. I can't remember where it was exactly, but it ended up being a tag match. Um, we've then got the Future of Stardom Championship match with Momo Kogo versus the champion Hannon. Uh, tag team match, interestingly. Initially, this was supposed to be a singles match between Mayu and Saki, but Saki wanted to make it a tag match uh, between Saki and Fukukan Death and Mayu and Tam. And that's now been made official. So Mayu and Tam tagging together against the team of Saki and Fukikan Death. Um, and then we've got those last three title matches that we brought to you last week. Starlight Kid and Azumi for the high-speed belt. FWC versus Cosmic Angels, Yunagi and Mina for the goddess belt. And then the white belt match, Sayakamatani versus Natsupoi. Um, Matt, thoughts on that card? Anything that jumps out at you that wasn't on those, uh, those first three announced matches? Wow, that's all one card. That's an absolute loaded card. That's that's a banger. You know, you know. Obviously, you talked about we're going to get a little preview of Momo versus Tommy. So count me in. All those title matches, I'm super excited for. I'm I'm excited for you know, all of them, all of them. But obviously, just basically talked about these past two shows, Momo, Kogo, and Hannah. I think have a have a chance to really, really up their stock uh, as if they hadn't already in you know the past few months. Uh, the uh, that tag match is interesting to me because you have uh, with Saki and, and Death versus 
they're basically kind of reuniting of Tam and Mayu. So you wonder if there's something that's going to happen there. And again, Saki having back-to-back wins on the show, on these shows, we just talked about closing out the main event. And Saki's had kind of Mayu's number with these flash pins over the last few years and these ever since she joined Oedo Tai. So, I mean, anything can kind of happen there. And not only that, but then you have, you know, Mayu coming back from injury and Tam coming back from injury. So, obviously, it's going to be great to see them, you know, back into a ring, you know, safe and sound. Yeah, and then you're basically closing out with the, you know, you have the uh, the tag title match between FWC and Cosmic Angels. That, that'll that be good. Uh, and, you know, depending on what's the main event, it's going to be either a Zumi and Starlight Kid, you know, reuniting their feud or Natsupoi and Sayakamatani. So, I think that you go. I think I. I think you kind of go with the. Again, it's the fan vote, which I think is awesome. But I think that the the white belt should main event. But just because it's the you know the more prestigious belt, but at the same time, there's more heat going into the uh, Starlight Kid Azumi match. So regardless, I'm here for all of it. Every single those one of those. Every single one of those matches should be very interesting in their own way. And I really like the way that they they built towards this card. Absolutely, and obviously the closer we get to that card, probably next week we'll, we will be properly previewing, giving our predictions for that card. Um, some other bits of news in terms of previews. Obviously, we talked before about the show on the 21st uh, where two matches have been announced for that Corican card, which will be the younger Wiedertai team of Starlight Kid, Ruwaka, and Rina taking on the champions, Mai Himipoi. And then, obviously, we have got the SWA belt match uh, between Tekla and Saki. However, we have had some other shows confirmed. Obviously, again, by the time you hear this, the 12th of February show will have happened. The 12th of February is as follows. So we've got singles match, Saya Kamatani versus Momo Kogo. Um, Mike and Himika taking on Mina and Waka. We have got an eight-woman tag with the stars team of uh, Mayu, Hanan, uh, Kogama, and Hazuki against the Oedetai team of Momo, Starlight, Saki, and Ruaka. A tag team match with Natsupui and Suri taking on Utami and Azumi. Yes, please. That was a fantastic match at the end of last year. I want to see that again. And then the main event is a six-woman tag. DDM team of Julia Tekla and Mirai against the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Yunagi and Mei Sakurai. Um, I'm intrigued with that main event because obviously there has been those teases that Mei Sakurai could have her head turned by DDM. And of course, that tag match between Natsupoi, Siori, Azumi and Utami is going to be extremely tasty. Now that's from the 12th of February, Eddie and Arena Osaka number two. Matt, what do you think about that card? Everything seems pretty, pretty solid there. Uh, the A person between Stars and Weedle Tie, I think that one could be a, an absolute shell stealer. But yeah, again, you know, we talked about this with, uh, you know, May. She's kind of been hit or miss on some of her matches, but she's kind of hinted that she may leave the Cosmic Angels. So now you're kind of putting a little more stock when she's in a match, and now they're putting her in the main event. Does the turn. happening because now it's just like she kind of her matches kind of have a little extra special thing on it just to see if you know she's gonna do the turn so you know you, you'd mentioned it a few seconds ago you know it's it, it, it's the main event you look on paper to me i think they uh the co-main event 
is a bigger match, and I think that the A person is a bigger match. But then when you add that wrinkle, well, we may have a heel turn here or something keys here. You know, you kind of have that going in. But at the same time, you know, anytime Julia's in the main event, and and you know Tam as well, so that's uh, it, it's 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 going to be a hit. So yeah, it'll be interesting to uh, to see. Just just to um, go back, I have actually made a mistake with the Corican card. It's not Tekla versus Saki at Corican. It's obviously the DDM versus Prominence match is at Corican on the twenty first. Um, the SWA belt match will be taking place on the 13th of February at Kyoto KBS Hall, which is a beautiful venue. Um, and it's going to be the main event there. The rest of that card, very quickly, is Hazuki and Hannon taking on May Sakurai and Waka. Um, we've then got the DDM team of Julia, uh, Micah, and Mirai taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Tam, Yunagi, and Mina. We've then got a six-woman tag between the Queen's Quest team of Utami, Saya, and Azumi, taking on the Uwidatai team of Momo, Starlight Kid, and Ruwaka. Semi-main, we've got the Stars team of Mayu, Momo, Kogo, and Koguma, taking on the DDM team of Suri, Himika, and Natsupoi. And then, as I mentioned before, it is actually on this show that the SWA belt will be defended. Tekla versus the challenger, Saki Kashima. Um... Before we go to our final two questions, Matt, is there anything that jumps out to you apart from the main event? Is there anything that jumps out at you on that card? Everything looks good, but I'm going to be paying special close attention to that uh, Stars versus DDM just because I want to see Momo Kogo and Natsupoi. I'd like to see a couple exchanges there just to see, you know, obviously Natsupoi, former high speed champion. You know, we just talked about how that division's a little bit light. Maybe that's uh, somewhere where uh, Momo Kogo goes. Maybe they can, add, you know, add her into the high speed division. So uh, we shall see. Maybe that's a little preview. Maybe that's that's something that I definitely want to uh, want to see. And uh, obviously, we'll talk about it. Let's just head to some questions then, just to close out this episode, Matt. Let's quick fire these. So the first one, I just want your instant opinion. Okay, uh, this is from See the Tiger on the Discord. Um, is it going to be Siori Anu or Kyrie or Carrie Hojo for the Mystery Girl, and why? What do you think? I think I, I'm, I'm obviously. I think everybody's hoping it's Kari. Uh, I, I, that's where that's where I'm saying. Again, it's so pumped up, especially here in the states, that it's going to be her. That if it's anybody but her, it's going to be a major, major letdown. I'm with you 100%. I'm with you. I think they've thrown in the red herring with the the Sayori thing. I think it'll be, which is a shame if it is Sayori because she is great. But yeah, she is. I don't want her debut to then be overshadowed by the fact that everyone wanted it to be Kyrie. I feel like it needs to be Kyrie at this point. Um, and then, and then he also says, when uh, Poi wins the Y belt, should she be called the Poifect champion? And yes, yes, absolutely, she should. Um, then we find final, final question. Yes, absolutely. That is a that is a T-shirt. We need to we need to coin that phrase. Mm. Um, Pip on our Discord then asks question to all of you and this is actually a really interesting question don't you think that at the moment at least that Lady C has less chemistry with Queen's Quest than she previously had with the DDM members that's a really good question Matt that's a great question at the same time man it's, it's tough because 
you're kind of it's ladies and we talked about ladies he's kind of taken momo's spot because momo's you know momo leaves and then lady sees there at the same time they gave her a mask which she only wore once that's that that upset me we talked about that last week <laughs> but uh you know what it's i mean she's had more matches with the ddm team you know i i say let's wait to see what happens what happens not only that but poor lady c's been injured so you have that as well i ooh, that's a great great question and i totally can see the point but i say let's let's wait another month or two and then maybe maybe we can come back and revisit it yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, the fact that she's the only one without one of those extremely cool-looking Queen's Quest robes sort of does set her apart as being, you know, the new member. I think once she's integrated a little bit more fully, I think the aesthetic will at least be a little more cohesive. Um, but yeah, and that's it for this week. I just want to make a couple of uh, sort of announcements. Um, I just want to shout out our great patrons again, as I do every podcast. Um, you know, they're all fantastic. Joseph Usher, Rob Jones, Niagara Driver, John Owen, Valkyrie Brocker, Tom, Ed BC, Brandon Neal, who has honestly made my week with an absolutely amazing message that I really needed this week. So, Brandon, thank you. We have received it. I'm not going to read it out on the podcast. I was initially, but I'm not going to now because I don't want to embarrass you. But even so, it's an absolutely amazing message, and I'll share it with Matt and Amin. Uh, Steve Clark, Emerson Stone, Alex Tremaine, IWEP Network, Mike, Spike SP, Jeff Baker, uh, Doden Salar, Steve Kaklamenos, and then our newest patrons, Colin Matthew and Eric Sandoval. Thank you so much for subscribing to contributing. Um, we we honestly cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much. Um, very very quickly, then um, I just want to remind everyone that on Wednesday we will be dropping our review of Ria Goku Cinderella Champion Fiesta. 2013 that will be on our patreon it's a patreon exclusive episode for the white and the red belt tiers our poll for our march bonus episodes is still live and will be live until tuesday so at the moment the episodes that we're going to be covering are the moment what an white belt retrospective um the Oida Tai versus Queen's Quest Loser Leaves Unit Match from the 7th Anniversary Show. Very excited to do that one. And um, at the moment, B. Priestley, Red Belt uh, Retrospective, and then Ine Takahashi versus Mako Satomura Match Review are both tied. Go and check out Patreon. Everyone can vote from high-speed tier upwards. Go and check those out um but in the meantime thank you so much for listening everyone please make sure you go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts we are literally everywhere um you can check out the website www.podmania.co.uk for all our archived episodes you can check us out on facebook the stardom cast you subscribe to our youtube channel um the stardom cast again discord go and join our discord it's pinned in our podcast description subscribe to our patreon if you haven't already patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast for loads more bonus content um you can talk to me on twitter at, at real rob goodwin matt where can they find you guys you can get me on the twitter and or the instagram just search matt turner of i just put up my new design for my t-shirts uh which i uh, should be getting in the mail hopefully in a week or so so if you're interested, let me know. And of course, always a big thank you to my artist and artist and friend extraordinaire, Alex Sanchez, who uh, does pretty much all the artwork for my shirts and uh, my tag team shirts as well. So thank you, Alex. And uh, get to watching some stardom, damn it. Um, 
but yeah, uh, always appreciate any uh, all and uh, any feedback that is thrown my way. Yeah, it it really is a cool design as well. Please seriously look at it; it's amazing. Um, anyway, thank you so much for listening, guys. Here's up on Twitter at the Starnum Cast. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.